While David will make a reluctant preacher, he certainly is a fabulous music director. Thank you, David. Thank you. And thank you, troubadours. You're wonderful. It's my honor and my pleasure to welcome and introduce our consecration Sunday speaker, someone who is quite familiar to many of you as he has a highly visible role in our association as the district executive of the Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregations for the Florida District. My colleague, spiritual mentor, friend, and sometimes partner in crime, the Reverend Kenneth Gordon Herto. Twenty-three years ago, 1988, the Nike Corporation was in distress. Their arch enemy, their nemesis, evil incarnate, Reebok, was out distancing them considerably in the sales of sporting shoes. At a meeting to discuss what they could do because their shoes were clearly superior, they devised a new conversation to the public that arose when their consultant said to them, the thing about you Nike people is you just do it. You just do it. And hence, the campaign was born and is now part of American parlance, how we think about things when people are dithering and, oh, I don't know, somebody will invariably say, oh, just do it. John Carter, Harvard business scholar, speaks of why companies fail, why enterprises fail. And it is often not for the want of talent or market share or the capacity to render good to a set of customers. It's the lack of urgency. The sense that now is the time that matters. Not someday down the road, not the next quarter, not the next year, not even this afternoon, but now. He must be a good Buddhist living in the now. As we enter the fifth, sixth Sunday of a new year, and all those good intentions of last month fade into the waste bin of, well, I didn't do it. I personally take it home that some of my intentions are still on the shelf, waiting for the propitious moment, for that opportunity for, oh, I just got to get over this one more road trip, and then I'll do it. Oh, Ken, just do it. We live in critical times, not end times, in spite of the apocalyptic language you hear all around, but we are living in very critical times for our nation, for our world, and I dare I say for the future of the free church for Unitarian Universalism. Let me raise your urgency level by saying we are one generation from extinction in many ways. 
I need your help with this next part. I'm going to ask a question, and I want you to ask it with me by simply repeating the words until the question's ended. Would you do this? And do it with, put away your shyness. Who? Who, are, who am I? Who am I to think? Who am I to think I can? Who am I to think I can change? I preached to this beloved congregation some years ago, and in the course of that sermon, I said, how many of you came through this door to the sanctuary with the expectation that this was the day to transform your life forever? Blank stares. One of your members offered me the critique, well, Ken, I don't come every Sunday expecting to get zapped by the Holy Spirit, but over time, I have changed in profound ways that I would not have changed without this community. I accepted that critique. Those of you who've been part of this congregation for a long while, think of all the ways you have grown, changed, been challenged, come sometimes comforted but mostly challenged to grow your soul into a larger fullness, to a deeper sense of understanding of your life purpose and meaning. Think of all the ways you have changed. Had you known at the outset, would you have embraced it with great joy? Or would you have sort of tiptoed in with a certain amount of reluctance? Those of you who are new here, guests, today or in recent weeks, I want you to know something. It's no secret, but I want you to hear it from me. The purpose of this church is to change you. Yes, to change you, to grow you up morally, to live more in keeping with the higher values of existence. Honesty, love, compassion, truth-telling. The purpose of this church is to grow you up spiritually, for you to grow as a soul to become large of purpose, large of self, large of meaning and compassion and dedication to those ideals which will save our world. Do you come expecting that to happen today? Let me hear it. Preach it, sister. Our goal is to change you. Who am I to think I can change me? Who are you to think you can change you? But if we aren't growing, we're dying. So let me ask you, think where you were a year ago. As a Unitarian Universalist, as a member of this congregation, are you a better Unitarian Universalist today than then? What do you point to? What do you point to to prove to others that you have grown as Unitarian Universalists? Do you walk more closely with your talk? I'm for world peace, but I fight like cats and dogs at work. Uh -uh, not so much. I'm for compassionate understanding, and I make unpleasant remarks about the driver who just cut me off this morning. Mm, think about this next year. If you were to say, in a year from now, I'm going to be a more mature Unitarian Universalist, I'm going to be a larger of soul, what will you plan to do to take you there? How will you draw on your fellow congregants to help you with that noble task? Think about it. Put your heart into it. Go beyond Unitarian Universalist 101, knowing what it is you don't believe. Rejecting superstitious nonsense. 
being opposed to inequities, and commit yourself to something. Be able to articulate your faith, your soul's commitments, without one saying, I don't. Say, I do. Just do it. It matters. Now, another question. Will you say after me, who? Who are we? Who are we to think? Who are we to think we can? Who are we to think we can change this congregation, this community? I am fond of saying to the congregations when I do my consulting, are your best days behind you or are your best days ahead? Ahead. Bravo. Let's hear it. Say that again. This is one of the few places in American society still left where people meet face to face for something other than work or sports celebration. It's one of the few places where we come frail, sometimes broken, often with incredible gifts to share, and we need a com a comrades, companions, to engage us deeply, one, to grow that soul I mentioned a moment ago, but to create something that has never yet existed but the beloved community where people, all people, can be accepted, loved, valued, cradled, forgiven, and challenged to grow up. You are of a size congregation where you have to be quite deliberate to know one another. You're too big to just sort of assume you know each other. See, we're name tags. That's good news. But when was the last time you had a conversation with a fellow congregant where you buried your soul, not just about complaining about life's problems or bragging about your triumphs, but rather said, these are the questions that I wake up every morning trying to understand. Will you hear me out? And when was the last time you heard someone out at that level? Dr. King spoke often of the beloved community where we go beyond our superficial differences, where we don't deny our differences, but rather embrace them as the rich part of a tapestry of human togetherness. And we honor our differences and we move beyond the smug, well, it's okay for you to be different from me, to a deeper engagement that says, I want to know you. Deep, core, will you share with me, I'll share with you, and we will reach each other in a way that we cannot anywhere else the beloved community, not just a community of politeness and smiley faces, but real people digging down into a deeper engagement that transforms us all into something that's so special that when your guests are walked through that door, they say, my goodness, this place is alive with the soul, with the spirit. There's something happening here. I go into many congregations, and within 10 minutes, I know that nothing's happening there. It breaks my heart. And I ask, how can I help the congregation reclaim its ministry to create that beloved community? It's important. It's matter that everything we do and how we do it together matters. So pay attention in this next while. Today, tomorrow, next year. Pay attention to how you engage each other you create the safe place morally, intellectually, 
emotionally for souls to grow. It matters. It matters. Just do it. Who? Who are Unitarian Universalists? Who are Unitarian Universalists to think? Who are Unitarian Universalists to think they can change? I should stop right there and tell you that's the hard part. Who are Unitarian Universalists to think they can change the world? That's us. Do you think we can? Preach it, brother, preach it. Go Pats. Um, these are critical times. The nation is bitterly divided. It does not have a sense of the common wheel, the common good. And we live in a culture that wants to create a culture of winners and losers. And if you're winning, it justifies your goodness. And if you're losing, well, that proves that you're a ne'er-do-well. That's not our theology. Our theology is that everyone matters. Everyone in this room, everyone we meet, ha carries with them the seed of the divine. And it's part of our job to help them find it and let it glow and deal with issues such as racism environmental degradation. Fear of the stranger is the big one in our time. How do we greet and welcome the stranger into our hearts and learn from them rather than shun them? How do we deal with the folks who shun us? Universalism is far more interesting to me than Unitarianism as a theology for it calls us to recognize we're all part of the same holy creation, every single one of us, and therefore every single one of us matters. And when someone wants to shun me, I remember Edward Markham who said, he drew a circle to shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle and took him in. When was the last time you had a loving conversation with someone whose point of view you found just totally wrong? A loving conversation, not a cranky one. We drew a circle and took him in. Ours is a faith that incarnates the notion, a broad, powerful notion that we are all ultimately in this together or not. One generation from extinction. We should be in it. And we in the free church especially have an obligation to teach people how to have those conversations, to show up in the public square and to argue passionately for the values of human dignity, for the freedom of thought and expression, for a commitment to peace rather than war, to equity rather than you got yours and the heck with everybody else. Who are we to think we can change the world by golly, we're Unitarian Universalist. No one in this room is here because we created this church whole today. It didn't magically appear. It has depended upon 
over 400 years of witness and commitment, a legacy. We stand on the shoulders of giants, of people who gave their very lives so we could worship freely. We were the ones who said that when people come together, the purpose is not to clone one another into theological boxes all the same, but rather to engage each other in the pursuit of truth. In 1629, our congregation in Salem, Massachusetts, and says it yet today, the purpose of the church is we gather together to walk in the ways of God's truths as he shall make them known unto us. We walk together. That's what ministry is. We set a direction and we walk together. Today, this Consecration Sunday, you're setting plans for the next year that will be made possible, made powerful to change you, to change this community, perhaps to change Clearwater for the better. Sue Boone told me that you were participating in a, in a, in a parade here recently and somebody shouted out as your congregation approached, here come the Unitarian Universalists. You are a force to be reckoned with in this community. But your generosity of support for your ministry is everything. Imagine what you could do if you got beyond the, well, I go to church and I throw a few bucks in for the offering basket. Oh, I go to church, but it's something I do rather than staying home and do the New York Times crossword puzzle. It's something that I do rather than go golfing. Now, if you did take a Sunday off and you went up to the mall, you'd find a place mobbed with people who don't go to church at all who feel no need to be in a beloved community, who see they don't need any help to grow their souls, and who think that it's all about them and rather than it's all about we and what kind of society are we going to be and become. So your gifts make a difference. On your shoulders, the future will stand. Now, you're going to be asked today to fill out estimate of giving cards. And you'll notice on there it makes a reference to tithing. This is an old concept. Now, just to make the math easy, consider that you have an, an annual adjusted gross income of $52,000. 1% of that is $10 per week. You can do the arithmetic in comparison. Are you at a 1% giving? 2% is $20 a week. This is simple math. You're bright enough to figure it out. A 5% gift, $50 per week. Now we're beyond the Starbucks coffee routine. Could you translate what you pay for your cable service or your internet service or your cell phone service into a weekly amount? I recently asked myself, how did what I spent on vacation compare to what I gave to the free church? Oh, it was an embarrassing moment. I breathed a sigh of relief that I still gave far more to the church than I did to vacation. But I said, if I'm spending that much on vacation, maybe I'm not yet committed enough to the free church and did some soul-searching about my own commitment. So that's why I'm here today as your guests, to tell you all the things that Abby said a hundred times, but to tell them in a new way. And to ask you 
to consecrate your ministry. You know what that word means? It means to make sacred your work together. This is not a thing we do. It matters. So as you come forward to make your pledging gifts, make them holy rites. Use a sacred pen or pencil to make your estimate. Ask yourself, am I doing what matters? And then just do it. Who are we to think we can change ourselves, this community, and the world? Why, we're Unitarian Universalists, always hopeful, a community of faith and joy. Our legacy today will ensure that the next generation will have the free church in which to worship. Let us welcome them into the sanctuary now. Consecration Sunday is not just about consecrating ourselves to ensure that this congregation exists for future generations. It is consecrating ourselves to celebrate the future generation that's already here. So let us take a moment not only to witness to the joy of our intergenerational community, but to welcome our little ones with a round of applause. And the not so little ones, too. <laughs> Hi. Thank you, Ken, for asking us who do we think we are as Unitarian Universalists to have the gumption to change the world. Now, by the way, as you were preaching, did you notice something in the congregation? Yeah. Oh, I guess you didn't. So why don't you just stand up for a moment? Because I saw you preaching to this side over and over again and, and not paying attention to those three good people who are sitting there wearing something that you said we ought to be wearing. Your Sunday go into meeting clothes. <laughs> I did notice. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you for your inspiration and challenge. Because we are living in critical times. And our faith is going through a critical phase. As it turns 50, it is staring into the possibility of going extinct in the next generation. After all, on a good day, there are 160,000 Unitarian Universalist adults and maybe 60,000 children and youth who gather together to worship and celebrate and continue doing the work of justice, equity, and compassion in this world. So, while it is wonderful to feel that sense and power of community when we come together Sunday after Sunday here, the truth remains 
that if we do not grow both in numbers and in our influence, we will be extinct. On that cheery note, <laughs> Ken also asked the question, what does consecrate mean? Now the dictionary says, it means to make or declare something sacred, to dedicate formally to a religious purpose. And of course, in traditional Christian belief, to consecrate means to make bread or wine into the body and blood of Christ. Of course, most of you here may not subscribe to that particular viewpoint may actually be even a little put off by that and may actually have tuned out every time Ken or I have used the word consecrate today, which is what Unitarian Universalists are very good at doing. We love to tune out. We have all these frequencies that we can grab when we need. But part of being a Unitarian Universalist is to reclaim words that we have trouble with and to make them work for us. So consecrating from a Unitarian Universalist perspective means we dedicate ourselves anew to stand by and with this faith community and this religious tradition to be a community of connection, of growth, transformation, hope, and love. Consecration Sunday is not about what the congregation needs. It is not an annual occasion that is bandied in a fanciful way to hit you up with a moral invoice for all the bills that must be paid in order to keep this place going light and air conditioning, cleaning products and office supplies and toilet paper and coffee and cookies, not in that order, staff salaries and benefits and above all the most inflated item in the budget, the minister's salary. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You may think of it in that manner which is okay because these arguments can still be persuasive because numbers don't lie, even fuzzy numbers. Remember that? And yes, if these needs are more than adequately met, we could quite easily expand our programs, be it our music ministry or our lifespan religious education ministry or our social justice ministry or our pastoral ministry. We can add staff, keep the building in shinier condition and be a more powerful beacon of learning and spiritual aspiration and growth in the Tampa Bay region. No, in all of Florida a place whose members manifest joy and service, compassion and wisdom. We do that already and we would be able to do it even more if the numbers were much bigger than we currently have. 
But you see, when we focus solely on the need for more and more money, that if we keep looking at members as a way of increasing our pledge base, we tend to reduce the sacred covenant that we commit to when we become a part of this religious community into a commercial transaction, a mercantile exchange. Because in this kind of a model, what a church becomes is a service provider, a community organization that provides a package of services that you, the consumers, are obligated to pay for. Now, it works well with the Church of Scientology, by the way. It doesn't work here. So I just want to clarify that we are not the Church of Scientology. We are the Unitarian Universalists of Clearwater. And in this kind of a model, there is no growth in spirit or self-understanding or any kind of transformation. There is only quid pro quo. So Consecration Sunday is not about the congregation's need or somehow putting pressure on you to give more than you are able to or wish to. It is about asking you to dig deeper, to ponder something, which is to ask yourself, why do I choose to be a part of this particular religious community? And what does that entail? What am I being called to be in order to be a Unitarian Universalist? It is about the congregation's mission, my friends, that we are being called to support, to serve, and give to on Consecration Sunday. It is about our ability to manifest it more brightly in the world. Now, all the money in the world won't shine very brightly if the community is focused solely on institutional maintenance, going into that autopilot mode of just floating from Sunday to Sunday, making sure things are happening. That's one way of being. This calls for a different way of being, and that is what we are being challenged to today. You see, if Warren Buffett and Mark Zuckerberg were to move to Clearwater, I mean, just take a moment, that they move to Clearwater Beach, and they become tithing Unitarian Universalists, I mean, you know, while you're imagining, might as well go all the way. Tithing, Unitarian Universalists. There are a lot of things we could do with all that money they would give to our church. But none of that would be worth a dime if the rest of us stopped being a generous people committed to the development of greater generosity and shared purpose. Because our mission as Unitarian Universalists of Clearwater is to create, co-create a beloved community of breadth and depth, of hospitality and welcome, of joy and courage, of endurance and tenderness, of goodness and fairness, of humility and forgiveness, of prophecy and transformation that nurture, challenge, educate, serve, and inspire people to live lives of hope, service, 
integrity and joy. Our mission is to teach and model the durability of our Unitarian Universalist faith, to demonstrate to the world how outrage can be sustained by hope, how anger can be conquered by love, how bigotry and prejudice can be overcome by acceptance and compassion, and how violence can be transformed by peace. Our mission is to continue the anti-racist, anti-oppressive, multicultural, and pluralistic ministry our Unitarian Universalist faith calls us to do to heal the wounds of centuries of oppression, injustice, and prejudice, and to celebrate our common humanity. And our mission is to grow ever more deeply human, ever more loving and compassionate, ever more self-aware and selfless, ever more wisely discerning and humble and grateful and generous. So when we fill out our estimate of giving cards in a little while to determine whether the next year's chalice flame of liberal religion in the Tampa Bay region will be bright, dim, or somewhere in between, we each are enacting our own spiritual growth and development. For a practice of generosity is a crucial part of any intentional commitment to nurture our spirits. Now it's a double whammy. The money lets our congregation shine brighter, and then giving it makes us a shining people. Cultivating the love and generosity and gratitude that makes life fulfilling and meaningful requires being intentional and deliberate about it. Consecrating our commitment is an intentional spiritual practice that helps us support the mission of our religious community. It's a way the resources at our disposal can be put to good use to help others. It's an act of optimism in the possibilities of our future. It's an act of faith in the saving and healing message of Unitarian Universalism because we are here to nurture spirits. Cultivating generosity is crucial for that. We are here to help heal our world. It takes joyful people to do that work. And we belong together, and love is what we need to love and to be loved. And so what we do is more needed than ever. So please stand by this faith. Please give it your heart. Please give it your time and talents. Please give it your substance. And so... As you estimate your giving for the 2012-2013 year, those yellow cards that we're going to hand out for those who don't have it already, I want you to bring to it the embrace of your gratitude, the fierceness of your love, the courage of your hope and the joy of your highest and deepest and widest generosity. So as the ushers pass out the cards, 
Please take a few moments to review the information before filling out the card. And don't try to be good Unitarian Universalist by trying to read ahead as we do when we sing hymns. But even if you're not able to make a financial commitment because you're not a member, because you're here for the first time, because you're a guest from another congregation, please still feel free to take a card, to look at it. And if you are someone who lives here and are able to attend but not able to commit, please include that information in the card so that we are aware of your circumstance. And so I thank you for your generosity and your commitment. Amen.